Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're going to discuss the work of romance maestro Aditya Chopra. First up, Amitabh Bachchan and Shah Rukh Khan face off in 2000's Mohabbatin. Then Shah Rukh Khan goes to great lengths to cheer up Anushka Sharma in 2008's Rabni Bonadi Jodi. And finally, Ranveer Singh and Vani Kapoor romp around Paris in the recently released Befik Ray. Wow, welcome back, lovers. We are getting this episode out about a week and a half later than we planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it being, you know, this time of year, uh, the holiday season, we have been very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, these films were also on the lengthier side. Two of them, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two of them were. And also, you and I both got hit by, by sickness. <laughs> yeah, you might hear a few coughs this episode. I'll try and get them all, but uh, yeah... We've not been super well. We've both been sick at different times. Yeah. And so yeah, it's 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 been it's been hard to find time to to get this episode out. But we're here and actually we're going to be talking about three films as opposed to the two just the two that we said we were going to talk about because it's a week and a half since Bethagra has come out. So Yeah, we were able to catch it. that on. Catch it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, short <laughs> version. I liked it. <laughs> okay. Well, more on that later. Ah, so the man of the hour is Aditya Chopra, one of the most powerful men in the Bollywood film industry, in the Indian entertainment industry, and in the worldwide film industry. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, if you're big in Bollywood, you're big in film. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah, he is the son of Yash Chopra, the brother of Uday Chopra, the cousin of Karan Johar, and he's husband to Rani Mukherjee. Oh, so he's somewhat connected, you might say. Yes, uh, we love Rani Mukherjee. We've been um, uh, told by a few listeners that we don't talk about her enough. So in the new year, we're planning an episode on Rani Mukherjee because we do love her. We also have to do an episode on 1970s angry young man Amitabh Bachchan. Mm-hmm. That's what I was told to do. Mm. And one focusing exclusively on Muslim people, which I think is a great idea. Okay, so well, we'll do that too. So many, so many episodes for the new year. We don't have to think of any ideas anymore. People just give them to us, so it's good. Sweet, thank you. He is uh, the chairman of Yash Raj Films, and there he uh, produces many of their movies and essentially serves as creative director. Mm-hmm. He started out as an assistant director on his father's films, Yash Chopra. Uh, and he wrote and directed DDLJ at 23, Matt. Holy shit. <laughs> That's really impressive. Uh, DDL- and he, ca- he cast his struggling cousin Karen Johar in the film as... Rocky? I think that's his name. Rocky? I don't think he was struggling. His up and coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Uday Chopra and both Karen Johar were uh, involved in that production as uh, assistants and whatnot. He, they all shared kind of a love for Bollywood, and he roped them into joining the industry with him. Mm-hmm. Um, DDLJ being uh, Dawala Dahani Alajayanga, which we have a whole episode on and is, I would say, one of the most quintessential Bollywood movies there is. Yeah, check out that episode. We're not going to talk about it again here, but... Its shadow will probably lie over these three movies, Mm -hmm. I'd say. As it lies over Bollywood. Yeah. Um, He went on to unprecedented success as a producer um, at YRF, and he built YRF into a studio. Mm -hmm. Um, So before Aditya Chopra and Yash Raj, a lot of um, film producers in India were kind of work as mom mom and pop smaller um, mm-hmm. businesses 
Um, or in the case of Mayboob Khan, going around and asking farmers for a rupee each mm-hmm. to fund uh, Mother India. Which I think yeah. it, that's a fascinating story. Yeah. Just real, what socialist filmmaking would have looked like, right? Mm-hmm. But Aditya Dripper has really rushed in, ushered in the, the studio era that we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. And Yashraj is one of the most powerful producers um, and studios in India. And they built their own studio to film their films in. Mm. Um, he is also relatively reclusive. Mm. Um, not comfortable in the spotlight. Not comfortable with the media. Um, there's speculation that he has you know, anxiety problems. But... I don't know. He's a good businessman, so... If I ran a multi-million dollar studio, I'd probably have some anxiety problems, too. (laughs) Side note, if you're interested in uh, running movie studios, might I suggest another podcast? The Secret History of Hollywood. Check it out. They're doing a really long arc on the founding and uh, early years of Warner Brothers, and it's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Side note over. Okay. Um, do you have anything to say about Aditya Chopra, Matt, before we get into his subsequent three films? He's only made four movies. So at the well, he's only episode, directed four yes, movies. Yes, sorry. He's produced a bunch. He's produced many. He's also written many, including um, his father's last film, Jab Takai John. Mm-hmm. Uh, he <laughs> is responsible for the Doom series. Mm-hmm. He is responsible for Ek the Tiger. Yeah, un- unprecedented success. His movies are in the list of the highest grossing Bollywood films of all time. Yeah, he does kind of have that ambitious producer feel that I don't think you see too much in Hollywood anymore. Mm-hmm. Usually if you're um, if you're an ambitious producer type now, you're either coming from some other portion of the business, like you run TV, or you're like Kevin Feige with mm-hmm. the Marvel movies or something. But here, it is that kind of old-timey, I'm a producer, I get shit done, and then he directs movies on the side. He's also been injecting new blood into the Bollywood film industry, both mm-hmm. um, on-screen and off-screen talent. So he's brought in a lot of new and upcoming directors into Yash Raj, uh, Kabir Khan being one of them, mm. um, Manny Sharma, uh, who has now also started producing films at Yash Raj. And a lot, a lot of actors and actresses, you know, he gave the, their first... Anushka Sharma. Yes. He gave Anushka Sharma her first shot, Ramveer Singh. He did Deepika Padukone's second film, mm-hmm. uh, the Ranveer Kapoor's second film, a lot. It, it, there's an investment at Yash Raj in, in new talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, while they work w- with the established stars, Amir Khan... Shahrukh Khan, Salman Khan. Salman Khan. Um, there's also a lot of new talent that they're trying to develop, and they're they're also are invested in smaller, more independent films, and and giving them opportunities to be made and screened uh, mm-hmm. in India and across the world. So uh, fascinating some, studio some, that I'm something sure, for everybody. Yeah. Right? Fascinating studio that I'm sure we will return to in a future episode. But Aditya Chopra is kind of the man behind all this. And in, additionally, he's directed four of his own films. I love the sort of intro music at the beginning of a YRF movie. Mm-hmm. The... Oh, oh, oh. It's pretty good. Um, it's not quite as good as Dharma. <laughs> Uh, the ah, yeah, the I think ah, ah. I think my favorite is Phantom. Yeah, yeah. Who say 
Phantom. I also have uh, a fondness for UTVs with the, uh, I believe it's UTVs, where the... Uh, the color thing, right? Yeah, we're kind of like uh, the silhouetted people are dancing around with silks, which many people have pointed out to me is like a vintage CTV logo treatment. Yeah. I really like it. For our uh, international fans, um, the Canadian television channel CTV uh, has the same color scheme as UTV, <laughs> and I think they've done a similar thing with like the... The waves of color. I my favorite UTV one is where the lady's hand pulls the the colors across like a table. That one's cool. Oh, uh, Sanjilila Gonzalez. Yes, yeah, I like that and then one. He makes this one. Yeah. No, 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 no. For UTV, where the lady pulls the three colors across the table, just doing three things. Oh, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Bonsali making this one's cool too. Yeah. Sorry, and, I was thinking of the sand thing. And I guess I like the red chilies sort of CGI logo. <laughs> um, are there any other ones? Uh, the one and grandson, a long word starting with N and grandson. Yeah. I think they did Dishoom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. All right. We'd have to look that up. Uh, logo reviews. This has been a fun <laughs> episode of the show and thank you very much for listening. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, that in a nutshell is, uh, is who Aditya Chopra is. Uh, important name to know if you're interested in, in the Bollywood film industry. Yeah, you've probably seen something that he's had a hand in if you've seen any Bollywood movies the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, and when we first got into Bollywood, we gravitated heavily towards YRF because there's a certain kind of like sleek production quality to them. Yeah, yeah. Especially these three. Mm-hmm. They are colorful and wonderful looking all the time. You get The money's on the screen. Yeah, all right. Well, that leads us into... Uh, Aditya Chopra's second film, Mohabitin, or Love Stories from 2000. Another side note, for those of you who use Letterboxd, don't you hate how when you look up, for instance, Mohabitin, it actually comes up as love stories? Like, it's, it? it's so Anglo-centric. It comes up as whatever the English translation is, if it was released under that. Oh, interesting. So, Rodney Bonadie Jody, for instance, was not released as something else in English. Oh. It was always released as Rodney Bonadie Jody. Yeah. But Mohabitin must have been released in North America as love stories. So on my list of uh, the what movies we watch for the podcast, it's in there as love stories. If you're wondering in the alphabetical list on our letterbox, which I highly hope you should check out, um, if you're wondering why it's not under M, it's under L, that's why. That's interesting. I wonder when they started releasing Bollywood films under their Hindi titles in North America, because we also saw that with Hum Dilta Chuke Sanam was released as Straight from the Heart. Yeah. But I believe Sawaria was released as Sawaria here. So it's like five years after Mohabitin. Yeah. Um, well, Lagan was released as Lagan, but it's got the English subtitle. Right. But I think it might have had that English subtitle back in India, right? Hmm. Once Upon a Time in India. These and are, that these, and, these are things we have to research another day. Yeah, and that's... I think it's actually kind of cool that Once Upon a Time in India, we, we talked about that in our Logan episode, but that mm. is kind of setting the table for what the movie's like. But Mohabitin Love Stories, pretty generic title, but yeah. that's sort of what the word means anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and possibly my problems with the movie start there. But <laughs> uh, so Mohabitin comes out in uh, 2000, stars Amitabh Bachchan, Shah Khan, Ashwarya Rai, and debuts of... Jimmy Shergill, Jugal Hansraj, Uday Chopra, the aforementioned uh, brother, mm-hmm. Shamita Shetty, 
Kim Sharma and Pritu Jingani, and also features Emrish Puri, Shafali Shah, and Apapkar, which you didn't believe me that he was in the movie. I When he first showed up, I he, he did not look like himself. And then... He's yeah, got these bullshit overalls on, and <laughs> he's, he's, if you know anything about me, like, you should stop wearing overalls when you're five. <laughs> Just regardless of who you are or your social condition, unless you're a house painter... Or maybe a, a Mario brother. I'm gonna you should out, stop wearing overalls all the time. I'm going to point out that, like, Vani Kapoor in Befigre has, like, a really cute, like, overall dress, and you did not have a problem with it. I actually really like the way she looked in that, <laughs> but I think maybe I was thinking about other outfits and not the Not the overalls? overalls? Yeah. Okay. And also, Helen is in this movie. <laughs> yes. We should really do an episode about her. She's an interesting person. Yeah, Helen is fascinating. Yeah. And I love her character here. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time that Amitabh Bachchan and Shahrukh Khan were on screen with each other. Yeah. Which Bachchan makes a lot of movies. Yeah. And Shahrukh Khan made a lot of movies. I don't think he makes that many now. Not quite as many. Um. But well, he would have had three releases this year if Rais had released. Yes, but Amitabh Bachchan what kicks out five or six movies a year. Yeah, he's in a lot. He's of not that. always like a main character, but he's always. He's always yeah. in a movie. He had at least two this year, Teen and um, Pink. He's, and he's in Wazir. Oh, and Wazir. Yeah, he did have three this year. You're right. Yeah, he's in He's in a lot of movies. And it, it, it is sort of weird that they hadn't been in a movie before. before well, 2000. this is actually came out at a really low point in Amitabh Bachchan's career. He mm. uh, was near bankruptcy. He was broke. Huh. Uh, his production company was not doing well, and his star had significantly faded. And this was this is when where... he was still a politician too? He's such an interesting um, guy. I don't know, but this is where he makes the transition from, uh, you know, that young—well, not young, but that angry male hero—to more of a old guy, older, yeah, wiser, grandfather-like figure. A Eminence Grise. Exactly. And it's a... So he contacted Yash Chopra, and Yash Chopra connected him um, with his son, Aditya Chopra. And this movie uh, launched uh, kind of the the career that we see that Amitabh Bachchan has now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. We we got to do an episode of him. Just... Or several. We, we, yeah. We could do the different decades of him because he's going so long that his career changes yeah. every time and i like to talk about his political stuff too yeah. that'd, that'd be really cool but this is definitely and a, we could talk about the one where he's a ghost in politics too. <laughs> this is definitely where you see uh, a significant shift in in his career okay so the movie did really well critical and box office success mm-hmm. and won four filmfare awards including the critics award best actor for khan and best supporting actor for bachan it's great Everyone did it. Yeah, did it, and it gang. is long. This movie's long. This movie is long, and you know what? You know, I sat through five out of the five and a half hours of Gangs of Wasepur, and you know, I fell asleep for the last half. I watched it later. Yes, it did own, but I was tired. Yeah. This is almost four hours long. We had to take a break. We had to take two breaks. Yeah, this we was a tough this one. We watched in like three chunks. This was a tough one. Um, even compared to DDLJ, which is the Aditya Chopra directed film that immediately precedes this. I felt that the pacing was so off in this movie. Yeah. I mean, DDLJ, you have that nice break point between uh, Kajal and Shahrukh in uh, Europe, meeting each other, having romantic adventures, and then the second half is her wedding. Yeah, well, in you this have the, movie, the they're falling in love yeah. and then the courting the parents. Those, like, those are two really yeah. distinct sections that work really well. And together. in this movie, there is nothing like that. Yeah. Beth McRae does that pretty yeah. well. 
Um, you know, mild may vary on that. But it does have a definite break in the story. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rodney Bonnet de Jody does as well. It's closer to this where it's the same story that's just long. The, no, this isn't even just the same story that's long. It's just multiple stories and none of them are interesting. Well, let me let me, let me describe what they are. Okay. So, um, in Mohabitin, Amitabh Bachchan runs a school called Gurukul. Which I think we're supposed to believe is in India, but it was clearly shot in England. Yes, and in some scenes it looks very cold because yeah. you could see the steam rising out of people's mouths, and especially when Shuruk and Shwaya uh, Rai are dancing in nighttime. Yeah, that's cold out. That's yeah. that's below zero. So you know, respect. And there's a lot of leaves blowing around in the air. There's, le- there's leaves like- in every scene, regardless <laughs> of if it's summer or or maybe it's fall. The whole movie, I don't know. There's a lot of leaves blowing around, including some like CGI transition leaves, um, but and a lot of them look like maple leaves. Yeah, that, that was also really weird. There's <laughs> we're like it, this isn't Canadian. In the typeface for this movie, there is a line with a maple leaf on it, and you know, as Canadians, we think it has something to do with Canada. We didn't think that, but I don't you know, know it's, it's just weird to see that iconography outside of our country. Yeah, I don't know if it's 100% a maple leaf. It certainly looks like a maple leaf, and also there aren't even maple trees in England either. No, it yeah. <laughs> Anyway, minor nitpick aside, they should break those leaves, though. Uh, uh, anyway, so Amitabh Bakshan runs the uh, the Gurukul, which I think is a junior college. That would be my guess as to what it was. We were wondering what it was because it's not a high school. No. Everyone there is like 19, 20 years old, even though they look like they're 30. And um, they are there for an indeterminate amount of time. But then they go off to great fame and success in their chosen fields because Gurukul is the best school to go to. Yeah, well, I th- I thought it was pretty similar to the school in Student of the Year. or I thought that was high school in Student of the Year. Or to Hogwarts. It is very Hogwarts. It, it is that English boarding school tradition, right? Yeah. So we have three young men join the school. I'm not going to look up their names. I know one of them is Uday Chopra. Yeah, and then it's Jimmy, Jimmy Shergill, and is it Jugal Hansraj is the yeah. other guy? Yeah, I'm not looking at the characters' names. Yeah, that's fine. but three guys um, <laughs> become fast friends while waiting around at the train station. Yeah, in probably the funniest scene in the whole movie, how they <laughs> they fall asleep at the train station waiting for the next guy to show up, and they're all sort of dressed like Sharuk. They've well. The one guy is. He's got he's got the leather jacket. He's getting off the train. Yeah. He doesn't have the hat with the feather in it from DDLJ. But I think I think this is a very deliberate transition from the train leaving in DDLJ to arriving here. Mm, I yeah, think, that's a good point. I think he's trying to link it to his earlier very, very successful movie that way. Yeah. Anyway, these three guys join the Gurukul, which has very strict <laughs> rules about um, leaving campus having jobs on ca- outside of the campus, and having girlfriends, basically. Yeah, ultimately, the biggest rule is... If Never you fall, fall in love. Yeah, if you fall in love, you will be kicked out, they won't allow you in any other school, and your life will be ruined. Oddly enough... The school is against love. Oddly enough, this is a similar rule to those imposed by the characters in Bafakre. But we'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, anyway, these three guys obviously fall in love with... Random village girls. Um, <laughs> They're not entirely random. Bitches. So Uday Chopra falls in love with a girl from the uh, girls' college down the way. Yeah. She kind of reminded me of Sporty Spice a little bit, just kind of wearing those sort of crop top athletic things. 
Yeah. Like if a sports bra was a shirt, she wears those. She has a lot of tops that are like crop tops and like shockingly backless and somehow like I don't know how her tits are supported. I really don't. We put a lot of effort into wondering about the tits in this movie. Yeah, I mean, not that not that I was ogling her. It's just I was trying to figure out like what was holding her up because like she's got no backs to any of her shirts. You had a scientific sort of engineering interest in the in her tits. Um you know, I was just normal interest. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, that's who O.D. Chopra hooks up with. She's uh, sporty, athletic, um, loves dancing. That's, yeah. That's her uh, character trait. They're the best couple because they have the the uh, the hate to love. Yes. You know, she really hates O.D. Chopra at first, and then he wins her over with this sexy, sexy dance. Although... And the intensity between the two of them. The, there is a rich girl, poor guy thing at play. But they do meet while she's just stealing some apples that are <laughs> that are sitting on the the girl cool like they're out in the lawn. Is she supposed to be well off? I did not. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Her dad is like this uh, rich industrialist, and the new day trooper says, "Yeah, well, my dad is even more rich industrialist, mm-hmm. so now we should date." Right. But. She starts off just stealing stuff from Gurukul. And this is never addressed ever. Like She has to get her kicks, Matt. Uday Chopra finds her and he's like, oh, I found the love of my life stealing some stuff. Never ask her why. Probably for the best. That would okay. be an awkward conversation. Okay. Um, Jimmy Shergill, uh, he's the guy who's poor. Udi Chopra's also poor. But, yeah. Uh, Shergill's character is very poor. And his father has died. So he has to go get a job off campus at uh, off of the Gr- Girl Cool campus. And he falls in love with a village girl that he knew when he was younger. Yeah. Uh, she has a boyfriend. He Who doesn't appreciate doesn't her. Doesn't appreciate her. He's some rich tool, basically. Has parties at his house. Um, yeah, that's that one. And then the other guy falls in love with a girl who dramatically waits at the train station um, for her husband to come back. Her husband's in the army and uh, he's died. No, he, he's in the Air Force. Her husband's in the Air Force just like uh, his father was. And she dramatically waits no, around. Sorry, that's Jimmy Shergill. Oh, that's Jimmy Shergill. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jugal, Jugal Hansraj plays uh, the guy who's in love with his childhood friends. So. Yeah. Okay. So Jugal Hansraj plays the guy who works at Anupam Cares yeah. Weird Cafe. And then Jimmy Shergill is the one who meets the girl at the train station. Um, their meet cute is pretty good because he figures out, sort of creepily, that she works at a children's hospital. So he keeps injuring himself, specifically by cutting his his uh, the palms of his hands on glass. And then he has to go and she bandages him up. And that's okay one time, but then he does it on the other hand too. Yeah. Like, Yeah. You know, I, th- I feel like she cottoned on to what he was doing pretty yeah. early. Yeah. Those are the three guys. They have these romances. Um, and to us, what was the main meat of the story, and I'm pretty sure this is why people like it, is the interplay between um, Amitabh Bachchan and Shah Rukh Khan. Mm-hmm. So Shah Rukh Khan shows up, I don't know, about an hour into the movie. It takes a while for him to show up. Uh, 30 minutes to an hour, yeah. Yeah, and he is a music teacher who's hired to work at the Gurukul. And he, but he has secretly wants to teach his students about love. Yes, he kind of wants to dead poets his society, his uh, students into enjoying love affairs and thinking about things and learning about music. And Amitabh Bachchan, very much like the uh, town council Footloose, is opposed <laughs> to this. Um, there is a battle between the two, and you find out that 
they also have a woman in common, yeah. Ashwarya Rai, who was in love with Shah Rukh Khan and was also Amitabh Bachchan's daughter. Amitabh Bachchan kicks uh, Shah Rukh Khan out of the girl cool originally mm-hmm. because he found out that he was dating a girl, specifically his own daughter, and then she kills herself. Yeah. So they are. There's a dark backstory. Yeah. Which is much more interesting than the story that we actually get of the modern day. Why does why does Amitabh Bachchan hate love so much? Well, I mean, you could argue that it it is the reason why his daughter died. Right. But he hates love before that. He had the rule that you couldn't have a girlfriend or boyfriend. Well, you couldn't have a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, presumably, same sex relationships are girl cool as long as you don't leave school grounds or get a job outside of school. You know, go for it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not mentioned, but presumably, if you're gay, girl cool is perfectly fine. Um, apart from English boarding school type bullshit, but like, <laughs> as long as you don't get caught, maybe. as long as you don't get caught. But you know, they do all kinds of things and not get caught. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does have this rule going in. I thought we were going to learn maybe that his wife died under some circumstances because she's definitely out of the picture, even while Ashwarya Sh- mm-hmm. Rice still alive, and maybe her death made him want to become the best uh, school principal mm-hmm. in the world or something, and maybe he was too busy being in love. To do so, I don't know. I have no idea. He <laughs> yeah. really just has an anti-love policy. Yeah, we don't really understand why. Um, Anupam Kerr also has a love story going on uh, that I mean, mostly serves as comic relief. Stupid overalls. Uh, Amrish Puri and Shafalia Shah play the young widow's father-in-law and, um, I guess, uh, sister-in-law. Yeah, Amrish and- Puri coming off... Uh, the epic slapping that he gave Shah Rukh in uh, DDLJ. Yes. And uh, heart pulling out of uh, um, Temple of Doom. Yes. And Helen is the headmistress of the girls' college. And she is a delight. Yeah, I would have seen that she's in the I would have liked to see a lot more of the girls' college. Yeah. I think this movie would be more fun if it focused on the school aspect in a way that Student of the Year, a few years later, goes on to do really well. Yeah. Um, this film. Comes across as really dated too. It has like a very late '90s, early 2000s aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, both in the the fashions, certainly in the fashions. You mean uh, the polo sport uh, that um, Uday Chopper wears incessantly? Yeah, there's a lot of frosty lipsticks too, and like mm-hmm. really short skirts and dresses with like a little like side slit. It reminds me of like an NSYNC video. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the aesthetic they were going for. Yeah. But I also think that like the the narrative is is rather dated as well. Um whereas DDLJ I think there's still kind of feels um modern and vital. DDLJ this is not felt, that far of a story from Beffercray, really. No. This feels really stuffy. Yeah. And it's just weighed down by all of these stories that we don't care about. Yeah, I, like, I, I know only... this movie is very popular, and I'm sorry, but as I was watching it, I was wondering what Indian Harry Potter would be like, <laughs> because I feel like Amitabh Bachchan would be an amazing Severus Snape. Yeah. And I, in my head, I uh, cast uh, Shah Rukh as uh, Sirius Black. I think Shah Rukh would be a really good uh, version of um, Harry's uncle, who leaves him all the money okay. and the mansion. Right. That's who I would cast Shah Rukh as. Okay. Who would you cast in some <laughs> Harry Potter uh, Bollywood version? Uh, 
I'm not too sure. But the only... Tell us, listeners, <laughs> if you could think of some people to be in the Bollywood remake of Harry Potter, which I think should exist. I think that would be great. I don't care if all the people playing them are way older. Like, make it so that it's like an accelerated program at, in Indian Hogwarts. Like, it's Varun Dewan is Harry Potter. The only couple I ever really cared about in this were Shower Khan and Ashwarya Rai. Mm-hmm. They actually have like decent chemistry, even though she's a ghost most of the time. And she barely says anything. And she barely says anything. But there's something about the two of them, and it's not just because they're Shower Khan and Ashwarya Rai, and they're clearly like extremely attractive people with lots of charisma, but there's something about the chemistry between the two of them that feels genuine when nothing else in this movie does. They're the only people who haven't just met each other. Yeah. So there's a, there, it feels like there's a real connection there. Well, their their uh, relationship is somewhat lived in. Yeah. Whereas everyone else just met, yeah. or knew each other when they were little kids or whatever. The film does, however, have some fantastic dance sequences. Yes. Yeah. If anything, that is the redeeming feature of the film. Yeah, they get a lot of mileage out of having this big cast. So there's a scene where we are transported to Switzerland. And you see all of the young couples, um, you know, falling in love and going on dates and stuff. And Shabra Khan and Ashraya Rai are kind of watching them all fall in love. Uh, there's another, like, big dance when the girls from the girls' college come to the boys' college. Uh, and that's where Helen gets to bust a move. And that's delightful. There's another good one in uh, the street kind of at the climax when all the couples yeah. are coming together. And Shabra Khan and Amitabh square off for the The holy time. dance is really good. Yeah, it's um, like there's a lot of like the dance sequences have a lot of energy. It's just everything in between the dance sequences. I just found really tedious. As far as Khan doing the uh, um, choreography, and I'm, now that I've seen this movie, I feel like the joke in uh, Om Shanti Om, where uh, Shah Rukh Khan is up for two Filmfare Awards and he's doing the same thing in Switzerland both times. He's just got a different sweater around his yeah. neck. I feel like I get that joke now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think it's dated, and I just don't think that it has a lot to offer. Yeah, I mean, I know this one is pretty beloved, but it just didn't work on me. No. And like DDLJ, it is one of those movies that people would watch, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, as they were young, but you know. It didn't hook me at all. But I think there's a reason why this doesn't have the same rewatchability and cult following that DDLJ does or Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum has. Yeah. Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum is way campier. Mm-hmm. It's way more over the top. And Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum This feels, one just kind of laid there. Yeah. Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum feels dated in like a really fun way, really comfortable way, like a, like a throwback way. Mm-hmm. And... And yeah, it, it, it's campier. It's just, it nails the connections between the characters better. There aren't as many characters, too. You yeah. don't need three modern day love stories. No. Because apart from Uday Chopra, who I think I maybe just like because he was in Doom, like the other two guys are relative non entities. Mm-hmm. Their characters are boring. Who cares about those guys? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy you know Sher- nothing about these people. Jimmy Shergill's gone on to do some stuff, but he's not. But you know nothing that about normal. these characters. They all show up tabula rasa. Mm-hmm. One guy knew a girl when he was little, but he didn't have the guts mm-hmm. to tell her. The other guy sees a girl at the train station. That's it. Yeah, that's really all the characterization you get. They're just you know, bland, twenty-five-year-old hero. 
And and ultimately, like I just I don't understand Amitabh Bachchan's motivation, and I think that's a big problem in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the, the movie is three hours and forty minutes long. You could have spent five minutes just saying, "Well, uh, love killed my family, and <laughs> um, I devoted myself to my studies because, uh, yeah, I that's all I had left. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the film's notable for you know for for putting Shah Rukh Khan and Amitabh Bachchan on screen together. I would like to see them fight or something, or you know, have something more than just kind of angrily talking to each other in the pr- principal's yeah. office a bunch of times. But outside of that completionist sense of you know wanting to to catch all of the big Bollywood films, I just I don't think this one has much to offer. Didn't do anything for us, but I'm sure lots of people like it. Well, that takes us to Interval, and we are going to be playing a song from our next film, Ram Nebanadi Jodi. And what's that song, you might ask? Well, it's Fir Malenge Chate Chate, a tribute to 50 years of Bollywood movies, and probably my favorite sequence of the whole movie. Yes. So, uh, enjoy. माना दिल तो है अनाड़ी ये आवारा ही सही अरे बोल राधा बोल संगम होगा के नहीं हर जन्म में रंग बदल के आबो के पर्दों पे हम खिलते हम है राही प्यार के That was Fir Malenge Chate Chate from Rob Nibana Di Jodi, which means a match made by God. Yes. Now, I find Mohabatina slog, but Rob Nibana Di Jodi is an absolute delight. And I feel like the critics at the time thought the exact opposite on both of these because everyone seemed to really like Mohabatina, but... Uh, Rob Nibada Di Jodi had a more rockier critical reception? No, it was it was also well-received, generally. Well, by it's critics. weird because people we talk to online about it don't seem to like it. Yeah. I wonder if maybe its reputation has gone down somehow. Maybe. At the time, it was Shah Rukh Khan's most profitable film. Mm. And it was one of the largest international releases for a Bollywood film at the time. It came out in, I think it was about 300 screens internationally. Wow. Um... Just to show you kind of how far we've come in in eight years, Bedford Gray um, has been released in double, if not triple, that internationally. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, really, really enjoy this one. So it stars Shah Rukh Khan as this uh, this everyday, everyday guy. Surrender. Yeah, who works at a power company. Punjab Power. And he goes to visit his uh, his mentor and his teacher's daughter's wedding. Yeah. While there, he instantly falls in love with the bride-to-be, Anishka Sharma. Kind of an awkward thing to do, but it, you know, it, it worked out for well for him in the end, but yeah. not so well for her. Unfortunately, tragedy strikes, and while her groom, she's having a love marriage, is on the way to the wedding, him and his entire family are killed in a car crash, and immediately her dad falls ill and dies of a heart attack. I'm imagining a sweet hereafter style bus crash, actually. Because yeah. that's a lot of people, and, you know. It is. I think we maybe get a cutaway to something, or. I don't. I, we, we don't see anything of this uh, crash. Yeah. On his deathbed, he asks Anushka Sharma if she will marry Shah Rukh Khan, and conversely asks Shah Rukh Khan if he will marry Anushka Sharma, because. 
he needs someone to take care of her now that he's going to be gone. They mm-hmm. both willingly agree to be married. Shah Rukh Khan's totally smitten with Anushka Sharma, but Anushka Sharma's absolutely, she plays Tani. Tani is absolutely devastated. She goes into the marriage willingly, but she tells Shah Rukh Khan that she will never love him. That's pretty harsh. It, it it's is, a real bummer to start off harsh, the movie. But he he gives he's he understanding. Yeah. He's understanding, and he gives her a lot of space to work through her grief, and really doesn't ask much to her from her. Yeah, but, he's a little bit of a pushover, actually. Yeah, but being you know a good Punjabi girl, Tani kind of rises to the challenge and fulfills her wifely duties of cleaning the house and cooking. Yes, not the other wifely duties. Despite, you know, as we said, she doesn't feel like she will ever truly love him. Uh, Yeah. Well, out one day, she sees an advertisement for a dancing competition that's coming to Amistar. And she asks Shah Rukh Khan if she can participate. He, of course, agrees to. Well, he he just gives her some money so she could do it. Yeah, Yeah, he agrees to it. Yeah. And in order to kind of see her while she's happy... He crashes the dancing competition, dressed up as his alter ego, Raj. Mm-hmm. Raj dresses like Om dresses in Om Shanti Om. Yeah, a little, He yeah. is very into the Christian Ogigier, Ed Hardy type look. He always has um, a necklace like woven through his neckline of his t-shirt with like a little razor blade on it. A yeah. lot of Ed Hardy and then the razor blade necklace. Yes, he's, he's kind of every... Douche bro stereotype rolled into one. Yes. Uh, as and he's, he's, you know what it is? It's like Spider-Man 3 where uh, when the symbiote takes over Peter Parker and he pretends to be a cool guy and he, he goes to a swing club, he dresses right. in black and he does what he thinks cool guys would do. Yes. This is what happens to Shah Rukh. Yes. Like it's sort of like he's been taken over by a cool guy symbiote. Mm-hmm. As coincident would have it, he gets paired up with Tani as his dance partner, and she doesn't recognize him. He keeps up the ruse, uh, you know, in order to spend time with her, and also because she's starting to, she begins to kind of open up to Raj, even though he seems like a complete, like, over the top. He's kind of a tool. Tool. She starts to warm up to him. And this creates a strange love triangle between, uh, you know, nerdy Shah Rukh Khan. Cool Shah Rukh Khan. Cool Shah Rukh Khan and Anushka Sharma. It makes me wonder what her original intended husband was like. Like if he if he dressed like Raj, like <laughs> wouldn't that add an, another layer of uh, sort of sadness that she just likes kind of douchey guys like that, I don't and know. A, and a nice nerdy guy like Surrender is kind of uh, you know outmatched. There was a theory put forth by Asim Bernie, I believe, talking to him on Facebook about this. That she does recognize him. Okay, well... And if you look at it through that lens, it changes the movie in an interesting way. I'm going to be honest. I think it's totally reasonable that she doesn't recognize him. Because Shah Rukh Khan is excellent here in these two different roles. They are so distinct from one another. Both in the way they look and the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. And, and you can totally see the surrender kind of under the Raj. You can see, like, the performance within the performance. Yeah. I, I think it's not that surprising that she doesn't recognize him. I think it actually works. Like, until I don't think he, you have to suspend your disbelief too much. Until he uses his, uh, you know, his friends over at the power plant to uh, 
make a big display in Amritsar of right. how much he loves her. And doesn't she remember, like, hey, my husband works at the power plant? No, she doesn't. She doesn't I know. put that together. That's, that, that is, yeah. That's, that is the one where it's just sort of like, you know who might be able to put a sort of scheme together? Your husband. <laughs> yes. Uh, this was Anushka Sharma's first film. Uh, she's lovely. We she's fantastic in this movie. She doesn't really talk that much in the first half either, because as she's opening up to Raj, she's also opening up to the audience. Mm-hmm. We don't know much about her at all until. Probably half an hour into the movie. Yeah. She's just stricken with grief and sitting around, mm-hmm. right? But she opens up and she's actually kind of a feistier person than he actually realized, yeah. I think. And that's that's the Anushka Sharma personality that we've come to understand afterwards, mm-hmm. but it, it arrived fully formed. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. Like, I think it's a really touching love story and it reminds me a bit of how the beauty and the beast so beauty and the beast was originally written to kind of prepare young girls for arranged marriage and i kind of get a similar thing here where this situation is realistic maybe not the coincidence of you know everyone dying on the same day you need to marry my daughter everyone in her life has just died today please take care of this yeah but have a younger girl finding herself in a relationship like this and yeah, and not- having to learn how to love that man. You know, yes. I'm sure not every every woman who's ever found herself in a relationship like this has had, you know, someone as kind as mm-hmm. Surrender is. But it's really like it's really it's really not what sweet. she signed up for. And I think you really do see them fall in love with one another on screen. Well, Surrender is already in the tank for Anushka Sharma from Jump Street, but, but I, uh, I think. Once I he learns what she's actually like, though, yeah. like during the uh, Doom Machale esque uh, <laughs> yeah. um, bike chase, which delightful by the yeah. way, uh, you find out that she's actually really good at driving motorcycles and didn't know about that. <laughs> it's nice to learn something about your partner. And I think this is a real kind of deconstruction of the kind of romantic Shahrukh Khan hero character. Mm-hmm. Um, both with the like both sides of it. So surrender is he's an average guy. Mm-hmm. This is a love story about an average guy. He's not remarkable in any way, mm-hmm. and everyone can kind of relate to his him and his kind of nerdiness. This is a regular guy, mm-hmm. and then Raj is kind of this complete stereotype. And so I do think, you know, he's maybe it's not quite a deconstruction because I guess you get more of the deconstruction with Om Shanti Om and yeah, Om Shanti Om where he's really deconstructing his star persona. But and making fun of but it's his it's name a is Raj. Like yeah. he, he the character Raj is composed of surrender watching movies exactly. and seeing oh, that's what a cool Bollywood guy looks like. I'll look like that guy. And he is kind of playing on Shah Khan's image. Like Mm-hmm. Sort of like Dawn, maybe, or but it's a, like it's a super campy. Yes, and it's like it's a it's, self-aware it's, it's, campy. It's turned up to eleven, but yeah, yeah, it, it is like here's a cool Bollywood guy. Yeah, whereas Surrender, just a regular guy, and mm-hmm. you know, Anushka Sharma's playing a regular girl too. Mm-hmm. And the songs in this film are wonderful. It was the first Bollywood soundtrack to reach the top ten album sales for iTunes, mm-hmm. uh, and. They're so they're so well conceived. So there's a really great song uh, where you know Raj said it was his birthday and he's taking Anushka Sharma around to uh, a bunch of temples um, and kind of you know 
re- really, really falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovely. There's a really good one of them uh, training for their dance competition. In Raj's motorcycle garage, which is Surrender's buddy. Surrender, you know what I like about Surrender? Surrender has a lot of friends that care about him and will help him about this. Because his... He gets the look for Raj from his yeah. buddy who runs a uh, salon yeah. and is very over the top. And then is you know then he's able to get some other friends who run a uh, motorcycle shop mm-hmm. uh, to take care of the transportation and mm-hmm. give them a place to you know work on their moves. Like Surrender's just a guy who is just well respected in his community yeah. and people like him. He's not. You know, he's not especially cool or interesting, but he's, he's just like a, he's a solid guy that everyone likes. Yeah. And he just has a lot of good friends. Yeah. Which is not something that is immediately of interest to a romantic partner, but, you know, it's something that works in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So then we get to, I think, the clear show-stopping number in the film, mm-hmm. which is Fear Melenge Chalte Chalte. Mm-hmm. And this is a tribute to 50 years of Bollywood cinema, and it's what... Anushka Sharma is imagining is on screen when she and Surinder are at the movies. She well, she's getting bored of the movies she's yeah. watching. And then Raj shows up as she's bored and she's thinking about him. Yes. And so this features um, Shah Rukh Khan reenacting famous scenes from movies over the over 50 years. Or just like the aesthetic of that movie. Yeah. And yeah. the aesthetic of that film. And as different heroes... And opposite uh, friendlies, opposite, you know, um, actresses who, who show up for cameo scenes, uh, playing famous actresses. And actresses the, that he himself has had relationships with in other movies a lot of the time, yeah. too. And who the, the heroes were were in, in films with. Many well, heroes. yeah. Well, like it's, so famous Jodies, right? Well, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's two levels, though, because yeah. it's also showing us Sharuks like Jodies over the years. And then those women are playing the Jodies of the guy that he is playing. Exactly. So it's 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 deconstructing Bollywood fame in two ways. Yeah. And the lyrics reference famous film titles and lines mm-hmm. of the actors that are being portrayed. Like this is so many layers within layers. So in order of their appearance, Shah Rukh Khan plays Raj Kapoor, and Kajal plays mm-hmm. Nargis. Mm-hmm. He then plays Devanad and Vipasha Basu. Is Satana. He then plays Shami Kapoor, and Lara Dutta is Helen, who we saw in Mohabitin. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Rajesh Khanna and Preeti Zinta is Sharmila Tagore, and Rishi Kapoor uh, with Rani Mukherjee as Nitu Singh. And uh, Rishi Kapoor and Nitu Singh are Rabir Kapoor's parents, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and Raj Kapoor from the start of the song is. Yep. Rishi Kapoor's father. And Devon and I, we just did an episode on. Yes. Everything's connected. Um, the song is wonderful. It is. It's a great song. It is totally an aside in that it has like nothing to do with the film. It's just kind of like this. Apart from it's the thing that Raj keeps saying, like, we'll meet you down the love lane. Yes. Yeah, I that, love that line. That's his, that's the way he says goodbye. Like, don't say goodbye. I'll see you later down the love lane. <laughs> no, it's like we are. Oh, We're here. traveling down the love lane, you and I. It's just a fun way to say goodbye. Just. You know, say goodbye to your friends and family that way. And they're not going to think it's weird. It's just cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We are traveling down the love lane. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool way to say goodbye. Down the road, we will meet again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, 
god. We're gonna yeah. watch this video after the episode, by the way. Yeah, that, it's that's a wonderful song sequence. It's it's so it's so wonderful. And yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with the plot of the film, but you know, that's No, I think it does have something to do with the plot of the you film. You do? Yes. What? Because Surrender is acting. The movie is itself about a performance. Mm-hmm. And this is taking that and taking it to the next level. Oh, like, okay. So, so we, thematically, but not narratively, is what I was saying. No, I think it does have narrative. Okay. Because Raj is a creature of Bollywood actors. Oh. And he is the latest incarnation of what the Bollywood actor has become. Right. Starting from Raj Kapoor and working his way up to the hmm. modern day. So, like, it, it does make sense. It it like a good Bollywood song sequence, it you know lays bare things that have been going on behind the scenes or behind people's eyes. Right. But I think it show it both inserts Sharuk into the narrative of here's the great heroes, and then it also shows how he's a meta hero too. Right. Right. How we were talking about Varun Dhawan and how his movies are always kind of meta films. Mm-hmm. This Shah Rukh Khan doing the same thing hmm. before Varun Dhawan was even around. So it has both a function kind of in the text and the urtext. Yes. Hmm. Um, and if you if you take the idea that uh, uh, surrender, it, she knows that he's surrender right away. This sort I, of like that's that. Not, okay, no, that no, that there's nothing, there's nothing to uh, to prove that theory. Like that's that's not, that's not a real theory. I think it could work. Really? Yeah. Just, but anyway, it turns into that movie Certified Copy, where you have a couple who are you know playing games with each other, playing games with the people around them. And, you know... I don't think that's how we're supposed to read it. I don't think we're supposed to read it, but I think it's an interpretation you could take. Yeah, okay, sure. I just don't think it's a valid one. I'm sorry, Ace and Bernie. I, I just don't agree with you that that's like an interesting interpretation yeah. of the film. I think that song sequence is key to the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the whole movie is about putting on personas. Right. I mean, she puts on the persona of pretending to be a good wife before she even knows who her husband is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like good works of art, it is somehow somehow always about the creation of the artwork itself. Mm-hmm. And traveling down the love lane is, you know, possibly a weird way of saying goodbye. But it is also a commentary on, you know, a hundred years of Bollywood romantic tradition. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot going on in this song sequence. Yeah. And I think this movie is way smarter than it looks. Yeah, you've convinced me. I'm sold. Great. So, about them knowing it about each other right off the hop. I, n- <laughs> I knew that would get you. I yeah. I just I don't I don't think it it holds up. I really don't. Sure. But I I this I love, movie sure does though. So. Yeah, this movie does. Yeah, I I was surprised that a lot. This is a one we people... actually watched about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like we watched this one way before starting the podcast. Just because we'd heard it was interesting. And mm-hmm. one of the earliest Shah Rukh Khan movies we'd seen, and I think probably the first Anushka Sharma movie we'd watched, although Ben Bajar Bharat, mm-hmm. around the same time. But uh, yeah, I've always liked this one, and I would gladly watch it again. Yeah, I was uh, surprised that um, it doesn't seem to have a, a positive reception among the uh, the online community that we sometimes uh, talk with. But. My guess would be that this is tied more to the ongoing saga of Shah Rukh Khan. Yeah, maybe. Um, it seems like a minor work for him. I think he's so good in this. He's fantastic. He's a great actor, and I don't think he's given enough credit. I think he's so good in this. I mean, it is, like, it's a very 
sweet story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very. It's not an epic. It's not an epic masala tale. No, it's not very challenging. It's not very modern. Like it's very safe. It's a movie that you can watch with your grandmother. Apart from um, the fact that it is a commentary on a hundred years of Bollywood romance films, but that's besides the point. Well, I mean, maybe your grandmother likes Bollywood. <laughs> maybe my grandma does. I don't know. <laughs> Point is, uh, it's not edgy in any way. No. Um, you know, so it's a little, you know, it seems a little square. Yes. But Much it's, like its main character. Yeah, but it's so, it's so well done. And it's just, it's so charming. And I really kind of believe at the end of this movie that these people have have found something in one another. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's really sweet, the sacrifices that both of them make um, for for one another. And and that that's that's love. That is love. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, yeah, it's it's delightful. Well, I Matt, think it's my favorite of these three, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Beth Cray a lot, but I don't know how well it's going to hold up to repeat of viewing. We're going to go see it again tomorrow night. Yeah. So we'll see. We- Check in maybe later during our year-end megasode. So yes, Matt, about Bethic Ray, a movie that uh, you and I seem to be a lot more positive about than you know the rest of the world. Again, yeah, I, I guess our tastes have diverged from you know the main critical consensus, but we like Beth Cray a lot. Yes. Um, I don't think it's just a um, promotional angle. No. Or a France travelogue. Um, it's. I think it's got more going on behind the scenes again, like uh, um, like Rodney Bonadie Jody. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something we're missing in Mohabbatine. There's always something in the background of an Aditya Chopra film that's commenting on Bollywood movies itself, and maybe we're supposed to take something from the passing on of the angry young man from angry uh, from uh, Amitabh Bachchan to Shah Rukh Khan or something. I there, maybe there's some resonance that we're not getting there. But Mohabbatine's just overstuffed. Yeah, yeah. but Beth Gray came out. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Features uh, Ranveer Singh and uh, Vani Kapoor? Yes. Yeah. Vani Kapoor was previously in Shah Desi Romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, great movie. Wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about two people who meet each other in Paris. Mm-hmm. So, let see if I can remember the details off the top of my head. Ranveer Singh is a stand-up comedian mm-hmm. who is brought to... Paris to work at the Bombay Belly Bar, something like that. Something like that, and he, you know, goes on every night and does a set, talks about his life, and you know, there's a lot more. Deli pe- Belly, the Deli Belly, Deli Belly. the Deli, Deli Belly Deli. Bar, yeah, right. And um, there's a lot more people in Paris who are interested in, in, in this uh, performance <laughs> than I figured they were because he has a very, very well off existence. Um, but he meets uh, Vani Kapoor, mm-hmm. who is a. Uh, tour guide, who he is instantly smitten with. Yes, she is um, of Indian descent, but grew up in Paris, so she's French. Yeah, she considers herself French. She was raised French. Um, and this story of their love affair is told to us in a fractured timeline, where at the very beginning of the movie, we see the end of their relationship. We see them breaking up, and... Then we flash back to them meeting, mm-hmm. and the movie jumps between the current timeline and the past timeline for the first half, yes. mostly. For the first half, you see their relationship developing, and then also their post-relationship, how that goes. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's, a, it's a fun way of doing it, I thought. Yeah. Um, their big thing is that they don't want to fall in love. Yes, because- they... 
as a student of Gurukul, uh, <laughs> Ranveer Singh knows that falling in love with a lady is the way to ruin everything. Well, no, it's Vani Have, Kapoor that, uh, that is really resistant to, to the love That's angle. true. Yeah, yeah, she went to Gurukul. <laughs> or that one that the girls were at next door to Gurukul, which yeah. presumably had very similar rules. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, Helen seems all for the girls. Okay. The she girls was a rebel fun. at <laughs> Helen's school who liked the strict discipline of Gurukul. Also, we know she grew up in France, so it's complete bullshit anyway. Yeah. But, uh, so they have a modern live-in relationship. Uh, they, sort of like ours. So yeah, sort of like ours. Uh, not interested in getting serious, not interested in falling in love, because once you do that, things get complicated. But their wild ways you know, eventually drive them apart. They like doing dares. Um, mm-hmm. In fact... In order to go on a date with her the first time ever, she says, I'll go on a date with you if you slap that cop in the face right now. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, because yeah. he, he sneaks away onto one of her tours. Yeah. And she, he won't leave her alone. But then there's also, when they first meet, she dares him to a chicken eating, a chicken wing eating contest. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so she's daring him to do stuff left and right, and he yeah. he can't. For those of you Darm keeping score, no. for those of you keeping score at home, learning how to eat a lot of chicken wings will score a girl like Vani Kapoor. It's a good skill to have. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, they can't deny, you know, their connection to one another. And so they try and be close friends. And, you it's know, a terrible again, idea. they can't deny their connection yeah. to one another. So but, that much like well. every single situation that this has ever happened in, you can't be friends with your ex. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. This film is certainly not, you know, rewriting the romance genre mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun and play like it plays it to a t mm-hmm. um in true bollywood fashion it kind of goes further than you're ever expecting yeah uh but i i really enjoy this i think i think a lot of it rests on the shoulders of ranveer singh and vani kapoor like yeah everyone knows i'm in the tank for ranveer singh he's the best also you see his bum in this very briefly but yeah don't blink during the part where they're on the yacht that's what i'll say my i'm I'm shocked. I'm scandalized. And that's why we're going again. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so he's wonderful. But Vani Kapoor, like, really holds her own. It gets a strong personality, like Rambeer Singh. And I she didn't has know, to do the emotional heavy lifting for most yeah, of the movie. I didn't know she had this in her. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really like Shed Desi Romance, and I think she's great in it, but she doesn't have to show this kind of energy and spark and vitality. Mm-hmm. Like, she feels like... A very modern girl mm-hmm. um, who, you know, like is more interested in, you know, the pursuit of fun mm-hmm. than she is in anything else. But also, you know, like has a lot of layers to her. You know, she's not just this kind of manic pixie dream girl party girl. And and that's tough to do. It's like it's tough to kind of hold. I mean, Anushka Sharma couldn't even pull it off. And very similar film idea to High Mushkill. Yeah. Just saying. Like Beth Gray better. I think they have a lot in common. Yes. I really like the Anushka Sharma performance in Adelheim Mushkal. I think it's the movie that fails Anushka Sharma, to be perfectly honest. But there's a lot in common between these two movies because they are what you would consider rich people, Mm -hmm. basically, uh, you know, living in a foreign locale and having a love affair. But in one movie, you have a man-child who just can't get over the fact that someone was not in love with him. Mm-hmm. In the other one, you have a man-child who sort of gets over it. He's not he's, as possessive and weird about it as Ranbir Kapoor he's is. He's pretty comfortable in his man-childness. And he's also pretty comfortable 
I mean, he's able to date other girls and stuff. Like, he's not completely obsessed with her. No. It's not as creepy. No. Um, but yeah, there are there's a strong thematic through line between both those movies. And the songs in this are great. The songs in this are better than Adele High Mushkill, I think. <laughs> and it also comes with the fact that you're not supposed to believe that the main character is the tortured soul doing this. No. You know, the songs are just part of his life as opposed to, oh, I'm, my soul is breaking. I couldn't. I couldn't make music before I'd hurt, had absolute sadness before. Yeah. Um, this is a much better version of that story, I think. I don't think they're as similar as you do, but we'll get into that in another episode. Well, in our year-end megasode. Yeah, I, I don't think they're as similar. I mean, they're, they're coming out around the same time, and sure, there's some overlap in audience and expectations, but I don't think the narratives are as similar as you're making them out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're they're different movies with different things on their mind, um, but here here I think the songs are wonderful. There's this great um, kind of street club sequence when they first meet mm-hmm. um, that just like you know you you see that instant immediate connection between the two of them. The energy. There's one during their uh, when kind of they're established their relationship about all the dares and stuff that they get up to this crazy wild couple mm-hmm. there's another really good one about them being friends uh and then an amazing sequence where two times yeah where ranveer singh is uh or vani kapoor is remembering uh you know conversations that that conversation that they had um about not falling in love when mm-hmm. you know they're realizing that actually they are in love with that person, yeah, it's where a great dance scene. Yeah, selves dance around their older selves. Mm-hmm. And Vani Kapoor is wearing a shirt that says carbs on it, <laughs> which I know you're very taken by. I really want this carbs shirt. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, again, it's not reinventing the genre in any way. Um, I don't think it's but... as significant a work as the other three, really. No. Um, the other three Aditya Chopra movies. This one. Do you think this is commenting on Bollywood in any way? Um, well, it could possibly comment on the, uh, sort of tenacious way in which Bollywood heroes approach their, uh, intended romantic others. But I think Ideal High Mushkill does that a bit more. Yeah. This one. Daram is really, like, he's really comfortable with who he is here. He's comfortable with who he is, but he never falls out of love with her. No. And even though he hooks up with another girl at some point, like... It's all kind of just to get back at her. Yeah. And that's what happens in Ideal High Muscle too. Um, but I think, yeah, it's not really a commentary on the film uh, system as a whole. I think Paris looks amazing in this movie. Yeah. I've, I've been there once, and this movie made me want to go back. Yeah. Uh, I found some of the most cinematic parts of the city. It, you know, it, it kind of turns into, you know, Bollywood Jules Ajim, let's say. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, it does. Have you seen Shazam? A long time ago. <laughs> she kills them all. I did not remember that. <laughs> okay, you're right. Jean Moreau, like, pits these two best friends against each other, and then they, like, all die spectacularly. Okay, yeah. I was thinking of a different movie. <laughs> it's about, like, the femme fatale. Bonda Par? What was I thinking of? I don't know, but that's also, like... Three people. Yeah. Well, you know, there more people enter the romantic. Uh, but it's scene not. It's not that French energy, is what you're saying. Yes. It, it, you know, you feel like there's kind of like a modern new wave feeling to it. Yes, I do. Yeah. I think there is a new wave feel to it. Um, 
you know, not so much jump cuts and stuff, but mm-hmm. it is interesting that just young, just young love in Paris. It's well, a- I don't think this movie is made for NRIs, for instance. Right. It happens to feature Indian people who all live in a foreign locale, but I don't think it, like in DDLJ, you know, you know they're going to go back to India at some point, right. and it's a travelogue up to this point. This one. France looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like this Paris movie- looks great, and then when they go down to Cannes later on, and everyone is super rich and awesome, like this is, you know, extreme it, hashtag goals. Extremely goals. This movie looks really expensive. Yeah, like really expensive. There's, I mean, that car that the banker has probably eighty grand. Well, car. and there's just like there's some there's some really virtuoso shots. Um, just Especially really, on this yacht. Yeah, yes. there's some really good stuff there. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the picture of uh, Ranveer Singh's ass. Obviously, I mean, that's the virtuoso shot you're talking about. right? Obviously, well, I mean, both from kind of like a <clears throat> like a, a money perspective, where you're just like you're looking at the place that those that they're filming and kind of the grand expanse mm-hmm. um, of the landscape. But also, uh, the first shot in the film where you see them break up is kind of all in one take, and that's it's 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 really well done. Like this we should movie... talk about the first first shot in this film, though. Oh right, which is a shot across the bow at the sort of prudish um, Indian censorship, I would say. Yeah, it opens with a song of couples kissing all around Paris. Yeah, so much kissing, different kinds of couples, and yeah, if. There probably is a record for amount of time spent kissing in Bollywood films. This one has shattered that. Yeah. Because many, many, many people kiss a lot. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more uh, same-sex couples uh, in that opening, but it, it's really charming. I do really like it. Mm-hmm. I think they're skirting controversy already with that many people kissing. Lip yeah. So, yeah. And then you... Yeah. So then you get this breakup scene, which is done kind of in this one shot, and it's so... It's so well done. And you know what I love about this movie? It's just like they feel like... A modern couple. Like, they kind of take mm-hmm. things a little too far because it's a movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's supposed to be larger than life, but, like, they, they feel like a modern couple, and mm-hmm. I like how you you kind of take this journey with them from kind of naive, childish romance to genuine kind of anguish and then deep connection. Sort of. Yeah. I think it does with the ending... Um, there is a wedding later on in the film and the movie becomes pretty fucking cheeseball for about 15 (laughs) minutes as people freak out at the wedding. And then the ending is, I like, I like the last shot. The last shot is good, but yeah, I don't know. It reminded me of the ending of Shandar possibly just, they couldn't figure out any, and the movie satisfactory, I don't think, Mm. because it has to go into some slapsticky fight choreography and stuff, right. which is completely out of place with the rest of the movie. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. But then, like the final, the final shot, the final shot is yes, it has thematic resonance. Yeah, let's say. And then it's got a really good, uh, really good song during the closing credits. Yeah, yeah. All right. So overall, we're positive about this film. Yeah, we're we positive about Ditya Chopra. We enjoy. And we it. don't. Uh, yeah, Beth Cray is great. Don't listen to the bad reviews. If you want a good romance story, mm-hmm. go see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun sometimes to watch beautiful people in beautiful locations, like falling in and out of love. Yeah. That's one of the many pleasures of films is seeing something you can't do happen. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Vani Kapoor in more now. She's great. Yeah. She's, she's an excellent dancer. It's really good. And she looks 
Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back uh, in the new year. We're not entirely sure when our next episode will be out. We will get back to our two-week schedule in the new year. Um, but we have... We're going on vacation for a while in January, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're, we have my birthday and Christmas and New Year's, and then we're going to be on vacation for a little while. So we're going to eventually get our new episode out in the new year, and then we'll get back on our two-week schedule. Yeah. But in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can follow it on Twitter at BollywoodPod. You can follow both of us on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin Fraser, E-R-I-N-E, F-R-A-S-E-R. You can also find the Bollywood is for Lovers Tumblr at BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com. You could find the uh, Facebook group. Uh, just look at Bollywood is for Lovers there. You can find the show at Audioboom, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and... Just find the RSS feed and plug it into your podcast catcher of choice. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a uh, rating and a review. We read out our reviews on air. Uh, It really helps new people find the show. Thank you for listening. Bye.